Okay, this is episode number 73 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. Welcome back. <laughs> and as we gather around, I suppose it's uh, the topic that's easy to uh, get into is that this is uh, the uh, Sunday before 4th of July. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wore uh, red, white, and blue to church today and thought about you know, freedom and independence. And my talk wasn't specifically about that, but the, the holiday sticks out for me for a number of reasons. But I have to say one of the reasons it sticks out for me is I have a dog. And we have a dog who is afraid of the loud fireworks. And I'm sure that we are not the only ones in the neighborhood in this planet that has you know uh, a dog that's afraid of fireworks some of them you know escape from their homes from their backyards because they get so afraid Mm -hmm. and you know we've we've tried everything um i just finished reading an article to um maybe suggested giving him melatonin that that might calm him down too and then you know we've over the years we've tried benadryl playing we've tried we've tried a thun- the, the thunder shirt we've tried putting him you know making sure the tv is up loud making sure he feels safe and you know when the neighbors are shooting off those crazy fireworks you know i love the holiday i love a reason to celebrate i love the idea that we're celebrating freedom well, and independence and, and I love everything this country i love right. the whole and sphere. everything is, but i wish that people would just go and see the fireworks instead mm-hmm. of setting them off in their their own neighborhood and i don't mind i'm not talking about like snakes and sparklers <laughs> i'm not talking about the little ones that you know you can have with the kids in the backyard and have fun i'm talking about the big ones that make the huge if you're in noises. a place that sells something that might be called like the widow maker or mm-hmm. whatever maybe take a minute and think about your neighbors with pets or veterans or people who might have some challenges with loud noises and just take a compassionate minute and i don't want to bring everybody down but this is a good time to just be a good neighbor and uh and take a minute and just think about is it really necessary to pretend like your backyard is the is an Ozzy Osbourne concert? Right. Oh, that's what the forefathers would have wanted, of course. But yeah, and, and, yeah, come on now. And because because of that, we don't often go out because I'm too afraid to leave the dog by himself because if he's here in the house and he's alone and he's scared, well, that's terrible. So Yeah, one of two things can happen. We leave the dog alone and there's explosions and stuff and he's traumatized by mm-hmm. that. Or he invites all his dog friends over and they play poker and trash right. the house. And- Either way, Either I've way. seen all the John Hughes films. <laughs> Either way, it's not good. So let's uh, we're going to celebrate our independence as we often do, just like we celebrate our New Year's Eves here at home with our puppy dog. But uh, the good news is we've got extra room to celebrate because, as uh, some of you know, um, we finally have a uh, backyard. Uh, we put a fence up and all that stuff. And uh, fellows from the men's group are coming over this week, and uh, we're going to build a fire pit, a good manly thing I'm going to feed them. I promised them food, and they're going to put together my fire pit. But it's been really fun landscaping the backyard, picking out the plants, picking out all of the stuff. And I think 4th of July was sort of a – a date that we had in the back well, it's of our a minds function, because it, right? yeah. exactly if we can get most of the stuff done by then then we're good and I think I think we're on track to to do that but um but more than that our son's birthday is in July and and later this month at the beginning of August I am planning a season 1 wrap party for this day nice that's and right. I'm 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 going to make a bunch of stuff from season 1 and I'm going to have some sneak peeks of season 2 some and of I really recipes, wanted yeah. to have the backyard really pretty and there's some thought that we'll actually film it so that people can get an idea of what we're doing and everything and so I really wanted the backyard to be pretty and I wanted it to be finished and and we are well on our way it's a lot of work especially if you have been in Florida and you know what Florida summers are like um I have to I got two hours in the morning from like 6 30 to 8 30 and then typically two hours at night that's basic. I can I can get out there more sure. four hours oh, a day it. because yeah. Between the it's, heat too and it's too hot. It's too hot. Well, and the rain. You know, the mm-hmm. rain in the afternoon. You can't get out there. And well, I have to say, I have to say that another thing that I'm excited about is we will have already done most of the work necessary for building the fire pit. And if you've ever been around a fire pit, it's basically a circle of rocks that you build up. And I bought this kit. It's very, very simple to do. You and I, probably mostly you, will have dug out the area that the fire pit goes. So mostly it's like giant Lego. 
It's not going to be a big deal, but it's the principle of the thing. I'm really excited about fostering the sense of community that does things together. I think that as we've built this church, there's some things that we've thought about. We really think about recontextualizing church, and there's some things that we've just outgrown culturally. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that we left behind that I want to bring back. And I want us to be the kind of church, and I was talking about this this morning with one of the gentlemen that goes to church. I said, I want it to be a situation where if somebody says, hey, I, you know, hurricane season's coming, but I can't put the plywood up. As a church community, I want us to get out there with some ladders and some some nails. You mm -hmm. know, I want us to be that kind of church. There are those churches that are really focused on having a show on Sunday morning, and there are really, really empowering, beautiful things about that, and some really, really challenging, limiting things about that. I'm not interested in the show. Mm -hmm. I want community. Of course, I love the idea that we'll have a Sunday where there's hundreds of people in the room and all that. Awesome, because we got a world to change, so we need a lot of people to do it. But I am more interested in a healthy community of people who love and support each other, where you don't know a stranger when you walk in the door, where people help each other. And that's sort of an old idea of church that is gone that I want to bring back. And so in some little way, the silly little project of coming over and building a fire pit opens us up to other people asking for, hey, you know, can you help me put up a fence or uh, whatever it happens to be. I want us to be that kind of family, and I am so proud that this community is willing to do that. We're growing in such a great direction. I love it, and I'm just excited I'm going to get a finished fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guys are excited about it, too. And it, like I said, it's a silly thing, and they know it, but we get to pretend like we're manly for a little while, and I'm excited about it. Hey, that. maybe you can build some benches, too. I got I got tons of projects. If that's, if that's not enough, I, I have a list. <laughs> well, we'll see. All right. And now we'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for July 1st, 2018. And the title of this service is called Water and Stone. And it is the first in our membership series. I like, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I like to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Blessed are the peacemakers. I liked ones that I could get my head around. I liked pieces of scripture that I didn't have to think about too much that would look good on a t-shirt. Or a fortune cookie fortune. And I still like those parts of scripture. I'm not denigrating anything. However, stuff about a spiritual rock that followed them that they drank out of and it was Christ. And, I, you know, Dwayne Johnson didn't even have a clear yet when I read that. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I knew that when Paul wrote the letter... He was talking about the children of Israel, and I had seen the, you know, the Charlton Heston movie. So I had a mental picture of, you know, Edward G. Robinson and Chuck Heston and the gang. But I couldn't really get my head around it. Here's these guys wandering around in the wilderness, and don't look now, but that rock is back. Good, I'm thirsty. I mean, I have no idea what's going on. But thank God for those moments. Thank God for those moments in Scripture because it causes us to take a minute. But more than that, thank God for those moments in life where we can't just sort of coast through. Let us be the kind of people who are awake to our lives. Let us be the kind of people that when you get home from work and someone says, tell me one thing about the drive home and you can't remember anything. You just time traveled your way home. Let's not be those kind of people who time travel their way through life. The great Bible scholar, Origen of Alexandria said, God puts stumbling blocks in scripture so that you wake up. So that you can't read the Bible like it's just a history book or some kind of weird novel. There are stumbling blocks in scripture so that you have to take a minute and go, what does this mean? And as it turns out, that is the appropriate response to life. Let us be the kind of people that take a minute at our life and go, what does this mean? Really? What's trying to, to be said there? I mean, when we read that story about the spiritual rock and the spiritual drink and everything, we get the idea that there's something mystical, something spiritual, something powerful going on. I want you to know well, there's something mystical and powerful and spiritual going on in your life right now. But it takes looking for it. It 
takes taking a minute. It takes waking up to it. There's something amazing that happens when we decide, wait a minute, what does this mean? What's God trying to tell me? You know, in Scripture we read that God speaks to people in all kinds of different ways. God appears in a burning bush or in a dream or through an angel or through some kind of a messenger. And the message is that God talks to you in the way that you will let God talk to you. God talks to you based on how ready you are to hear the message, how receptive you are, how to be open. And so if you want to be the kind of person who's open, start asking yourself, all right, what's God trying to tell me? When you're reading your Bible, that's great. What's God trying to tell me? But watch any movie. What's God trying to tell me? What's the meaning here? Through every conversation, on your way to and from work, at work, believe it or not. Ask yourself, what's God trying to tell me? Because if there's one presence and one power, then God is there. And the trick to get you from a place of frustration to a place of elation is saying, wait a minute, God's trying to tell me something. What? And yeah, it might take some practice, working through it, really listening. But what a difference it makes. It allows us to get moving with our lives. Because as it turns out, that story about the children of Israel isn't just about the children of Israel, is it? It's about you. It's about you. It's about me. It's about every single person. When you think about the story of your life, when you think about the successes and the failures and everything in between, you realize that through everything, there was something that followed you. Through everything, the happy times and the sad times, there was something that fed you when it didn't look like there was any way the bills were going to get paid. There was any way it, whatever it was for you, was going to work out. There was something that came through for you. There was something that followed you. As it turns out, the whole time, there's something bigger that's taking care of it to the degree that we allow ourselves to be taken care of. That's the trick. And it happens when we move forward. That's the lesson because the rock followed them. This is important. In other words, if you want to be followed, if you want to be taken care of, you've got to lead. You've got to go. You've got to walk. You've got to do. You've got to move. If you want to be followed, you've got to leave. This is important. Because the thing is, Paul is talking to the, to the folks, and he's saying, look, guys, it's not enough to just know this stuff. He's saying, you know, the children of Israel, they got taken care of. They got to hang out with Charlton Heston or Moses, you know, either way. They got to hang out with amazing people and do these amazing things and see these things. They knew the stuff. They had done their homework. But not everybody in that story made it to the promised land. Not everybody in that story got the message. Not everybody in that story figured it out. Because it's not enough to just know how it's supposed to work. It's not enough to just drink some kind of spiritual Gatorade. You've got to do something about it. And that is his lesson. What are you doing about this? How will you carry it forward? It is our job not just to drink the water the surface stuff, the superficial stuff, the material success moments of life. It is our job to look for a spiritual drink. In other words, to look past the way things look and into the way things are. To look past the facts and into the truth. That is our job. You're here to make some kind of a connection. What is God trying to tell you? in whatever situation you find yourself in. It is your job to make the connection. And there are people that go, well, I can't make a connection because of those people over there. I can't make a connection because of what's going on in the world. I can't make a connection because my job makes me feel like a loser. I can't make a connection in this relationship, whatever. And maybe you can't see it out there. You can't see God talking out there. Maybe you can't see that connection. I get it. We've all been there. But just like they say in poker, if you're looking around the room, for the spiritual connection and you can't find it, it's probably you. I've changed some of the words. You can tell I don't play poker. But the point is, it's not just your job to look for it, although that's wonderful. It's your job to be it. Be the connection. What is God trying to tell me and how can I show that to the world? Show up for my life. Oh, man, that's what this whole thing is about. We call this place water and stone because it's kind of like saying the whole thing. We believe it's all God happening. 
So we have to happen too. So can you be the connection in your job? Can you be the connection in your romantic situation or the lack thereof? Can you be the connection at the grocery store? Can you be the connection where you happen to find yourself? That's the key to the whole thing. Make the connection. And I recognize that this is a different idea. Because there are a lot of people who say, you know, I, if it weren't for that job, I would be so spiritual. I'd be so awesome if I didn't have to deal with those people. If it weren't for this weird relationship, that I would be so loving. If it weren't for those kids, I'd be so whatever. If it weren't for that thing, I'd be this thing, right? There are so many people that find adversaries their whole life. I call them blame throwers. <laughs> you can be a blame thrower all you want. It doesn't solve anything. Because as you know, as I know, as I have experienced, and I hope that you have not, you can decide, oh, it's those people's fault, and so you leave. It's that job's fault, and so you walk away. But if you haven't changed, well, you know the geographical care stuff. It's something that comes up for us. We talk about it. If you are trying to stay exactly the same, no matter where you go, you're going to have exactly the same lessons. We know this. We talked about it. We're experts at it. I hope you haven't learned it the hard way. I have. Don't try this at home. Don't be a blame thrower. Because here's the thing. It's a little bit like Jesus saying, you know, I'd be so spiritual if it weren't for all these lepers. Wait a minute. You're called upon to be where you are. You're called upon to demonstrate something. You're called upon to, to teach and to heal and to love. To let everybody in. That's your job. You are a doorman or a doorwoman of your life. Let everybody in. When you do your prayer time, take a minute for forgiveness and say, you know what? People got stuff to work on. I get it. I'm not excusing dysfunctional behavior. But in this moment, everybody's allowed in my heart. And sit with that. Because you know what? It's not about the other person. It's not about the job. And here's how I know. You ready? Here's how I know. Think about that thing that you don't want to think about. Most people have one. If you don't, awesome. But most people have a thing they don't want to think about. Whether it's the relationship that feels funny or the job that feels funny or fill in the blank. Even Bailey's got something, apparently. She's a baby. The diaper that doesn't fit right, I don't know. Think about that thing, that situation you're not into. And know with me that whatever it is, there is someone else somewhere else in the world who would be delighted to be in that situation. That job you don't like, someone else would love. That person that you don't want to be romantically involved with, but here you are, and Dr. Phil won't call you back. There's someone else that might be their soulmate. Maybe you're in the way. Mm. We'll talk about that some other time. But the point is, wherever you happen to find yourself, there's someone else who would be happy in that situation. So it's not the situation. It's you. I'm not interested in blame. We just got done talking about that. But think about it. It's not the situation. It's me. It's my mindset. It's not the situation out there. It is. Here's the specifics. It is the lie that I tell myself to make myself keep coming back. It's not the situation. It's the lie that I tell myself. It's the lie that I have to feel hurt, otherwise I don't earn a moment of happy. It's that lie I tell myself that, that somebody told me I was no good a long time ago, so I have to live in no goodness. It's the lie I tell myself that in order to be worthy of esteem and to earn money, I have to have a hard time. It's not the thing. It's the lie. And in fact, I want you to know that anytime something hurts... Just like that. Anytime something makes you feel like that, like a pinching diaper, <laughs> anytime something makes you feel like that, I want you to know, and everybody knows what it feels like one way or the other. Let's be the kind of people who go, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay, wait. It's not that thing. It's not that person. It's not the job. It's not the whatever it is. The thing that I am feeling, this discomfort that I feel, is the lie. Because what happens is I begin to take my power back. It's not the thing out there. I can't do anything about what's going on out there. But I have dominion right here. It's 
not the thing. It's the lie. When you hurt, you are feeling an allergic reaction to dishonesty. You are lie intolerant. And it can hurt your tummy. It can hurt all kinds of things. You're lie intolerant. You feel the lie, and that's the problem. And when you know that, you can begin to deal with it. And this is a new idea. Because in a lot of places in culture, when you feel uncomfortable, what they tell you is either, often, run from it. And we talked about geographical here stuff. It has never worked. It never will. Or the other option is, oh, you, you feel the, the lie? The BS, bogus situation? I have to be very careful about that. A lot of times, somebody will say, well, what you need is more stuff. Pile more stuff on and it's a little bit like taking medication, and then it has side effects, so you take medication for the side effects, and it has side effects. It doesn't lead to a happy place a lot of times. People go, oh, you're uncomfortable in your life because you're dishonest about this thing. How about some more dishonesty? Have you ever been 15? You ever told a lie to protect the lie that you told about that lie? Your parents find out sooner or later. You're grounded. Life works that way. God knows, and you know, so who are you trying to kid? The answer is not any more deception. If you want to fix your life, if you want to have a happy day, let's start simple. If you want to just have a happy day, tell the truth. That's all. Find a way. Find a way to tell the truth. Because the Bible says the truth will make us free, and that means the thing that makes us feel like we're in a cage is the lie. Find a way to bring the truth of you to bear in that moment. What's the truth? The truth might be, you know what? This thing hurts. It feels weird. I don't like that. I want to be happy. Okay, tell somebody. Maybe you can start to move things around. Tell the truth. Of, you know what? The way you treat me, that's not okay. You know what? I have this calling in my heart that, that something bigger is supposed to be going on. I want to be a part of it. Find a way to tell that truth. And depending on your situation, there's different things you're called upon to say. But whatever it is, tell the truth. And things will happen. You might begin to realize, you know what, the job's not so bad. It's that I thought I was supposed to work that job like a schmuck. What if I work it like a good person? What if I work it with, with honor? You might discover that you get a promotion. Or you might discover, you know what, there really truly is no connection here. Now it's time for me to go and I break the geographical here cycle. It might be that, that when you're honest in your relationship with another person, you realize, hey, I really actually brought me to the picnic today. Now we actually get to know each other. Maybe this is love. Or you know what? Now I know. Time to go. Either way. The trick is being honest. The trick is showing up. The trick is not just making the connection, but being the connection. If you can tell the truth and tell it quickly, the bad things start to go away because you have what it takes to change them. That's the thing. So can you make the connection? Like I said, that's different. If I'm here to tell you that it's all God happening, if I'm here to tell you to open up your heart to the whole thing, I have given you lousy brand recognition. It's not good marketing because a lot of times what they tell you in a marketing class is you have to differentiate yourself in the market. And there are lots of places you can go on a Sunday that will tell you how everybody else is different and everybody else is on the other side of that wall. I get it. Great marketing. But it ain't true. You want to judge how healthy you are in your belief system or just in your life in general. Ask yourself, how many walls do I have and how many bridges do I have? How many walls and how many bridges? It's easy to build those walls. It's easy to decide that there are other people out there who, who don't get what I got, who don't deserve it, or even to put yourself outside that wall. That happens a lot, too. But you love the wall. It's like the Shawshank Redemption or something. There's that moment where it's okay. I'm institutionalized now, you know? But listen, if, if the problem is never out there, but it's in here, then that wall will never protect you from what you need protecting from. It's like that... The Edgar Allan Poe story, the mask of the red death, the, the bad guys inside. The calls are coming from inside the house. You have the solution. I'm not even going to tell you you're the problem. You're not the problem. The problem is an old idea. You need to change your mind. You're the solution. And the solution has to do with connecting. The solution has to do with yeses instead of noes. It has to do with bridges instead of walls. It has to do with saying, everybody gets to be in my heart today. 
The question, what is God trying to tell me? Work out the specifics in your situation. But a broad, generic answer is, everybody is allowed in my heart today. Now that's different. Because that paints a different kind of picture of a different kind of God. So many times when people find out that I'm a preacher, they feel like they have to say, well, I'm, I'm not into that. Okay, cool, no, no, I'm, I don't really believe it. You know, I just want to order my food. Is that okay? No, I don't really believe it. Look, I'm hungry. It happens all the time. I'm, you know, and so I, I tend to keep it to myself. I'm a preacher. Oh, well, I, you know, I just can't buy into this whole God thing. You have cheese sticks? I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't buy into this whole God thing because, you see, I, I just can't believe that somewhere in the sky there's this angry guy and he doesn't like me very much and he makes some people sick and some people well and you better be good or, oh man, you're going to burn forever. I just can't buy into that. And you know what? Neither can I. Pretty sure Jesus didn't feel that way either. Just because you don't believe in an angry guy on the second floor, that doesn't make you an atheist. It's a little bit like saying, you know what, I don't like movies because I just can't, I just can't get myself to a place where I like Clark Gable. It's like, you know, they've made other movies, right? <laughs> you know, there are other actors, right? I mean, I never really got to go on with one thing either. It doesn't mean that I have to quit going to the movies. It means I need to pay a different kind of attention. It means there's a different way to do it. I don't believe in an angry guy who makes you hurt any more than anybody else does, really. But there are alternatives. There are people who say, yeah, but you know, I've been burned by faith. I've felt foolish about it. I've believed in something and then I've been let down. Okay, I get that. There are people who say, I need proof. I'm smart and I require evidence. I want everything to be proven on a chalkboard before I buy into it because I don't want to look foolish. I get that too. Now, for a minute... Let's remember that you don't ever really have as much data as you think you do. You don't ever have as much of the facts as you think you do. Think about how the, okay, I'm going to quote the Bible even though I'm talking to a science person, but the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And scientifically, that's very true because you live by belief in other people. You live by faith. To get in your car, to eat a meal in a restaurant, to deal with anything, you require faith that cannot be proven with an equation. So come on. But I get it. People don't want to look foolish. But as it turns out, the best parts of life, oh man, think about your life. The best parts of life are the parts where we have to be willing to look foolish. The best parts of our life, the part where we're brave enough to ask for the phone number or the raise, the part where we're brave enough to put ourselves out there and be on stage, the parts of our lives where we go, you know what? Here we go. Those are the things that we live for. The numbers might keep us alive, but these are the things that we live for. People say, I only want what I can prove. Okay, fine. Do you love your kids? Prove it with a piece of chalk. It doesn't work that way. There's no evidence for that. You've been inspired by something? Prove it. Can you tell me that the Beatles are better than the Dave Clark Five? Absolutely. Prove it with math. You cannot. Casablanca. You've got to see Casablanca. It's my favorite movie. There's that part in the middle where the bad guys are singing, singing Deutschland and Morales and they're trying to get everybody to sing and the good guys realize that they might lose this whole thing but they start singing La Marseillaise, the song about liberty and equality and brotherhood. And it's a moment where love is going to win. doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. And every time I watch that, I, I'm moved. Prove it. Give me some numbers for that. As it turns out, there's no way to prove any of the things that matter most. And if you want to be the kind of person who matters most, get to the place where the numbers don't matter. They're real, that's fine. But they're not the end-all, be-all. They're certainly not the end. The truth about you, the beauty and the love and the power and the peace of you has everything to do with the stuff that never sees the light of proof. Because truth isn't something you prove. It's something you know. Why do you like your favorite song? Well, you just know. The truth is something you know. 
How do you know it's love? Because you're compatible biologically? What are you, a Vulcan? <laughs> love is somewhere else. It's something you know. You want to be the kind of person to live a successful life, be the kind of person that comes from a place where I just know. Because that's where love lives. That's where God lives. Make the connection. There are some people who feel like God has a special deluxe apartment in the sky. And then everything else is somewhere far away. There are some people who feel like there is this stuff over here that just doesn't change. And there's stuff here that changes all the time. There's facts and there's truth. You want to know the difference between facts and truth? Facts change, truth doesn't. It used to be a fact that it was 11 a.m. Let's not live in the past. Because lunch happens. It used to be a fact you were a certain height. You grew. It used to be a fact that you lived in a different place. This is Florida. Most everybody's from somewhere else. Things change. But the truth doesn't. And there are those people who say, you know what? All I want is this stuff over here in the world of facts. I want the things that just change because that's how I feel. And if something changes and I'm upset, why don't I just get a new something? I'll buy a new car. The other one broke down. I'll get a new thing. And that's okay. Great. You never really get anywhere. It's just the same cycle over and over again. And there are those other people who live on the other side and they say, I don't want to think about anything unless it's spiritual. Great. Awesome. It's great from behind that wall. Meanwhile, the world is happening. And over there, there's some good stuff going on. You can tell a lot about a person. You can tell a lot about a belief system, a religion, or whatever, by their response to that spectrum of facts and truth, of material and spiritual. Different people say different things. Some spiritual people spend all their time trying to escape. Some material people spend all their time trying to make themselves happy. It's a pattern like addiction. Here. I'm trying to find the exact middle. Here, we say, what if it's all good? What if it's all God happening? What if I can look at the changing things in my life and instead of trying to run away, I can look so intently at what's going on that I see the face of the divine staring back at me? What if my job in life is to actually be here? Thoreau said, I want to put my feet down through the crust and into the bedrock of what is. Can you look beyond what appears to be and see the truth in it? The changing waters of life and the unchanging stone. What if it all is here for you? And what if you show up for it? That's the secret. Show up. That's the secret. Stop trying to run away. That's the secret. Realize that the things that are going on in your life are really going on. But they deserve a higher version of you. They deserve your truth. Everybody gets in your heart today. That's how all of this works. The children of Israel demanded a spiritual drink. In other words, not the material thing. Can you look past the way things are in the outer? And just like the children of Israel, can you keep moving? Just like I said at the beginning of all of this, there is something that has followed you all through your life. There is something that has followed you through the moments of victory. It was that thing that made you feel like, you know what, I'm in my right place. It's okay. And there was that something that in the worst times of your life reminded you that you could move on, that it's going to be okay. There was something that followed you and fed you and cared for you to the degree that you would allow it. There is something that loved you when nobody else did. There is something that loved you to the degree that you would let yourself be loved. Your job today and our job every day. So let yourself be loved by that. Because those moments where it didn't look like anything was going to work out, those moments when we stand up and we sing for freedom, even though it doesn't look like there's any way, we get in touch with something amazing, something beautiful, something unstoppable. What is God trying to tell you today? Stand up and sing, even though there's no math behind it. Love out loud today and set everything else free because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you.
So my favorite thing that you said and that stuck with me this time <laughs> is don't be a blame thrower. Yeah, you know, I said that kind of accidentally. There are things, I, I'm sure I say this every week in one way or another, but I'm going to say it one last time and then I won't say it again. There are things that I know I'm going to say, mm -hmm. but mostly the notes that I make, my little mind map that I make, it's not about say this, say this. It's not a script. Instead, it's I want to cover this idea and this idea and this idea, and I sort of get a sense of here's the order, and if I've covered all these ideas, I've done my talk. So I spend a lot of time thinking about all of the things that I want to cover, but I don't know how I'm going to cover them, mm -hmm. right? So the idea, that word blame thrower just sort of came to me, and it just really – I think that's a perfect word, and I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know if it comes out in the audio, but a lot of people in the room were tickled by that phrase and it, well, maybe somebody else thought of it at some point but as far as I know I've never heard it before I hadn't heard it before but it really was something that stuck with me if I if I walked away with anything today that was it and not just to I mean the obvious answer is what you talked about is you're blaming other people you're blaming your circumstances but I think for me I've moved past that you know um, a little bit because I don't think that I really don't believe that other people are are really to blame for, for what's going on. I, I really don't. But here's the thing for me in my spiritual journey that might help other people is I turn that blame into, onto myself. Mm -hmm. And that's just as bad. And it's just as bad. So when you were talking about it, I thought, okay, yeah, obviously we don't want to blame, you know, somebody else for our troubles and we don't want to blame God and we don't want to, you know, but so many times it's, well, if I was just strong enough, if I was just, if my will was a, a more of a will of iron, if I was younger, if I was smarter, if I was faster, if I had more Born money. Born into a different situation. Or, exactly. If and, my parents were really... crazy, I'd be this way. Right, you know? right. And the thing is that, that whether it's an outer blame mm -hmm. or it's an inner blame, the word is blame. Right. If it's a blame, it is a separation. And our job is to unify. Right. That's the thing. And I've said this in previous talks too. Is what you're saying and doing bringing together or setting apart? And today I said, are you building walls or bridges? That is the litmus test for the health of your next action. What I want people to do is start showing up for their lives. Mm -hmm. There are no accidents. And that means that there is a reason why you are in that job. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why you are in that situation. And I want to be very careful about that. I'm not telling you that you have to put up with a hurtful situation. It might be that the reason is you need to learn how to stand up. It might be the reason is you are called upon to be a hero and fix something that's profoundly broken. I'm not saying the reason is to hold still. In fact, the reason is never to hold still. Mm -hmm. But I am saying that trying to avoid it only exacerbates the problem. It has never been solved by ignorance. I, I It's so silly, but I remember when I was a kid and I had braces, I would go into my orthodontist's office once a month or whatever so they could make sure I was in the appropriate amount of pain. <laughs> and uh, there was a little a little sign by the, by the receptionist desk, and it said, if you ignore your teeth, they'll go away. You know, oh, it's yeah. It's cute, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, okay. I get it. I get it. But for whatever reason, I can still see that in my head, and I think it actually applies to a lot of things in, in a way. If you ignore the problem, it becomes a worse problem. Oh, sure. The it's problem like, of requiring dentures well, yeah, it, is worse than the problem of requiring braces, right? Right. It's that kind of a moment. The problem of, you know, if I sit still for, for a job that makes me feel like a loser, someday it'll get better. No, because maybe you'll get to a place of retirement. Most of the time nowadays, you get laid off or you get frustrated and say a dumb thing or whatever, and, and it, it you chew yourself up. But let's pretend you're able to endure all the way to retirement. What have you prepared yourself for? Right. What's left of you. Right. You know, and that's not no way to be. Now, there's always room for a new beginning. I'm not saying that anything's over. I am saying that it's a heck of a waste of beautiful time that you could use to have beautiful experiences. Right. What I want people to do is really look around. And just like I said in the talk, what's God trying to tell me right now? Knowing what I know about God, not what has been proven, but what I know about God in moments of inspiration and and when i am just moved by truth and beauty and courage and fun those are the moments when i touch that 
when I look back at my life and I go, man, oh man, there were times when I didn't know how it was going to work, but here I am. I must have gotten taken care of some crazy way. Thank you, God. Those are the moments when you learn a little about how God works and who God is and who you are. So knowing that, knowing what you know about God, what do you think God's trying to tell you? God's not trying to tell you to put up with stuff that hurts. God's not trying to tell you that you're not good enough. God is trying to guide you into a situation where you get to the promised land of your life, where you are taken care of. And once again, just like I said this morning, love to whatever degree you can let yourself be loved. That's what I want for people. And so the idea of this church called Water and Stone is the idea that through an through everything there's a moment of grace all you got to do is find it i love that and i love the the idea of quit lying to yourself i i really that resonated with me this morning too because we tell ourselves little lies throughout the oh this will be fine it's only you know this if i just do this or if i just do that i can you know and and it really is true that that you know better you know better you really really know better so who's left in this equation (laughs) i guess my question occurred to me is like well why why do we do it i i I don't and i could not answer that self from answer that question for myself i sat there and i thought you know i know i've done this i know i have rationalized away something that i know has not been true has not been true about me because somebody has said it or or maybe I have felt less than in a moment or well that's just part of my personality and okay so I I can I can say the nasty thing or I can you know whatever whatever it might be right so you can rationalize it away you can kind of lie to yourself a little bit so that you feel a little bit better but man it's so much more work than just just to go you know what no that's that's not the truth and Either I'm not going to accept it or, wow, I really shouldn't have done that and I need to apologize. I need to either apologize to myself or apologize to the person or sure. or whatever. And even if you can't do it, you know, physically, you can't apologize to that person to their face or you can't you can do whatever. Love. You can, you, well, there's, there's, there's forgiveness, yeah. right? And and yes. obviously, you and you bring those people. Everybody gets in your heart today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Everybody, I, I wanted you know, to bring and I that loved, out. I, I did, I did love that, and I think that those are two very huge, huge aspects of something that we do very differently at Water and Stone, where we really, really talk about being okay in this human experience. And if you've listened to the podcast after seventy-three episodes, this is something <laughs> that we talk about all the time. Sure, we are here on this planet to do a job. Yeah, this is not about escape. It's Mm -hmm. not about outsiders. It's not about blame. It's not about a special place where people have special words that they use. It's not even, We speak normal words that normal people use Monday through Friday too. And the idea is God is happening in and through it. There's no secret handshakes around here. Right. That's really important to me. And you know, it means, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. It means that, Right now, because there is a smaller group, this is a brand new church, that it's really, it's easy or easier for us to all know each other's names, for example. Mm -hmm. It's easier for us to be in a situation where everybody hugs and handshakes and genuinely cares. In a, what they call a corporate church, I think that that doesn't happen. In a mega church, that doesn't happen. It only happens maybe in small groups, but that's different. I'm talking about the whole thing. So as we grow, we're going to have to fight for that. Because it's a priority for us in a way that, no judgment, it's just not a priority for other mm-hmm. kinds of models of leadership or whatever you want to call it. So we're going to have to stand up for these kind of things. But in general, sharing that kind of truth is heroic. And you said a minute ago, why do people tell the lie? I think that it's a teenager thing. And I mentioned during the talk, you know, everybody's been 15 years old where you tell sure. a lie to cover the lie that covered the lie. And, you know, it becomes the little old lady who swallowed the fly. Sooner or later, everything gets bigger and bigger and weirder until something cracks. Right. Well, what That's I, the experience. I, well, I think what happens is you go out and you experiment with stuff and it doesn't work and you screw up. Mm-hmm. And then instead of taking the responsibility and taking ownership of that screw up, you try to hide it, lie about it, and then you're in that cycle. 
and you can tell yourself that that over and over and over again and then pretty soon you know 10 years go by and you're like why is this happening over and over again why do I deal with these same personalities why do I do everything that I do you are describing is the story of Adam and Eve right this is the the beginning moment and basically God is saying to Adam and Eve as long as you're gonna think this way and act this way you can't be in here Mm mm-hmm my house, my rules, you know, kind of a moment. You can't be in here. But the beautiful thing is that the promised land remains promised. It's there. God doesn't tear it down. Right. You know, there's something beautiful about the idea that the whole rest of the Bible and the whole rest of our lives is a story of coming home. The prodigal son is a miniature version of that great big story. But at the point of that story is the same. There's a homecoming. We get to a moment where it's okay. Why do teenagers lie? Everybody was a teenager. I think there's lots of reasons, but one of them is, just like with Adam and Eve, it's ego. Just like with Adam and Eve, it's, I want to know better. And I think when you're a teenager, there's this feeling of, I'm under somebody else's roof. I'm eating somebody else's food. I am uh, uh, responsive to somebody else's schedule. There's big hunks of life that I don't, that aren't mine, but I'm still living in it. And so what I want is mine. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm going to do this thing, and if you really sat me down and talked to me, I know that this thing is a dumb thing. But I want the dumb thing because it's mine. I want to experiment with it. Now, the truth is, what's really happening is that universe is trying to teach you that you're, inf- you're infinite, that you are unstoppable, and so you push the boundaries. And that's actually beautiful, but it gets filtered through some silliness. Sure. And sure. it gets filtered specifically through ego. I know that you as mom and dad, let's say, you know better about this on some level, but I don't want to hear that. I want my problem. Even though it's a problem, it's mine. Right. But the moment of mine is the moment of ego. Mm-hmm. And it's the moment, it's the beginning of the lie. Yeah. Every because lie you begins are, with Yeah, ego. because you're, you're connected. Because it, ego. You can't do anything on your yeah. own. You don't do anything on your own. That's right. And so there you have ego it. Ego is the thing which stands apart. Right. And love is the thing which brings together. So you come from a place of ego, you tell a fib to yourself or to somebody else, and then the snowball begins. But the beautiful thing is you can change all of it when you decide to just put your feet down and stand up for truth. Right. So no blames, no lies. Now we're at the check it out part of the podcast. And if you're still listening, thank you so much. <laughs> You've made it. It's the end. But we have a couple of things that we would like to share with you. And this is how to get in touch, how to learn about more of the things that we do on a regular basis. And the best way to do that is to go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. You're going to find all the places that we gather. You're going to find this podcast. You're going to find our YouTube Um, channel links you're going to find everything the blog posts all of it it is the very very best place to do that and you're also going to find links there to our facebook our instagram our twitter all of it so it's really really awesome the second best way that you're going to be able to get in touch with what's going on is if you text the word i am ready all one word no spaces i a m r e a d y to 84576 and that's our text messaging service and you'll get in touch with our newsletter that's the only place that we usually send it out well that in the facebook page but the thing is that that text message system is a great way to just stay in the loop and you can actually sign up for it and then decide i don't want texts i just want emails you can switch it over mm-hmm. and it's all automated a human being never you don't have to tell anybody what you want to do or how you want to be contacted there's the opportunity to be part of special mini groups like our bible study group and things like that but it's a great way to just get in touch with our newsletter sometimes we use it when there's an emergency hey guys there's a you know there's a reason why we need to meet at a different time or the men's group is meeting at this person's house instead of this person's house anything like that it's a great way to be in the loop text i am ready to 84576 go subscribe to the youtube channel that's huge and you can find links to it just like jenny said on the website and the greatest way to do that is at the bottom of any page of waterandstonechurch.com there's links to all of our social media accounts come like us on facebook subscribe to the youtube channel follow us on twitter there's all kinds of ways to stay in the loop it's painless for you and it makes all the difference for us but i got to tell you the number one way to find out what we're doing is just to show up at church be there on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. We have amazing things going on. You won't want to miss it. It's really the cornerstone of everything for obvious reasons. 
This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the Orange Couch. And the high muckety-muck of Pinfeather Studios is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts. She does so many things for us, and she is one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, and he sure is both of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. This podcast is solely supported by you. And there's a million things that means. If you go to the website, there's a page that tells you how you can donate electronically to the church to help us keep the lights on, how you can shop at Amazon in a way that benefits the church. I love it that more and more people are starting to do that. It's huge. If you go to smile.amazon.com and look for Water and Stone Church, that's a great way. It doesn't cost you any more, but it helps us. There's all kinds of amazing things you can do. Please take a minute to like us once again on Facebook to subscribe subscribe to the YouTube channel, to go check out the This Day channel and subscribe to that. There's a million things you can do. Write us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps too. But most importantly, the thing to do is just show up. Be there for one of our sunrise walks or our sunset celebrations. Be there for our men's group or our women's group. Be there for one of our amazing service projects. We're out there making a difference in the world all the time. It's huge for us. And be there with us at 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall, 1000 3rd Street South, St. Petersburg, Florida. Be there with us every Sunday, 11 o'clock, every Sunday. There is such love in that room. Every Sunday, there are such amazing people in that room. Every Sunday, somebody's life is changed. It's time for it to be yours.